SAFM 104-107 Nationwide. We are going to be talking now. Oh, seems there was something with my mic. Uh, SAFM 104-107. And we are going to now be talking about uh, the ever-increasing uh, crime what uh, that has been reported in uh, the Nelson Mandela Bay. We are speaking to Christian Martin, who's Khoisan activist and former ANC MPL in the Eastern Cape Legislature. Thank you very much for joining us, Christian. Thank you, and thank you to the listeners, Patricia. Now, it seems that uh, the incidents that have been reported, uh, you know, recently when it comes to uh, the, the the Nelson Mandela Bay metropolitan area have been quite alarming. Eight women killed since the start of 2021, so we're not even uh, fully into the year. Only one month and five days, and already eight women have been killed. Uh, a 14-year-old was also raped and killed at the hands of gangsters. Uh, it's reported that rape of uh, a 12-year-old girl in uh, George, in the George Botha area um, was also um, part of uh, gangs and uh, mob justice was was the was the order for the day for those who raped this twelve-year-old? But this is these numbers are really staggering because there's been over 170 violent deaths and approximately 13 or 14 deaths per day in this particular area. Christian, this can't be what we are we are expected to see as normal as South Africans. Yes, um, Patricia, let me shock you again with your stats. Um, I just found out that it is actually 10 of these um, murders, brutal femicide murders that took place in the Nelson Mandela uh, metro. You know, the disturbing part is is that um, these are young women that are brutally killed. You know, um, personally myself, after the two days with the South African Human Rights Commissioner Chris Nissen in our area, being explained by police, by parents of these um, victims, you know, um, I must say it's a most unbearable situation to listen to how these women were actually killed. Just a, a short one. Um, one of the ladies um, was brutally murdered, thrown in a rubbish bin and burned out. You know, um, that is the type of things that we are dealing with here in the Port Elizabeth area. One lady was mentally disturbed. Um, and was also brutally murdered, and so we can go on um, with these killings. But it is in the northern areas of Port Elizabeth and Nelson Mandela Bay Metro that these things are actually taking place. Now, you know, this uh, two-day visit uh, that was done by uh, the South African Human Rights Commissioner, Chris Neeson, as you have mentioned, was it just engagements with the community and how was it conducted? Because we can engage on issues, but if there's no investigations that are being made and there's no um, arrest of the perpetrators, then we're not going anywhere with just talks. Yes, um, Patricia, you know, the uh, I would say the beauty of this session that we had is, is that there were arrests in most of these cases. Um, and I must say in some of the cases that the community have, community have played a very vital role. So um, the community assisted um, the police on this side, um, Brigadier Chawuka. Um, he was instrumental in encouraging um, the community to form the CPFs and so forth. And yes, arrest was made through this. So it was not a talk shop. It was really um, information sharing. 
And after that, even what we came up with is to say that, remember, this is young ladies that died brutally. Now, these children, some of them, most of them, it's actually kids, three years old, 11 to 12 years old. And they stay behind with Gogo. And Gogo must share now her pension with these kids. This morning, I spoke to one of our district managers in Port Elizabeth, Temblele Ngapai, to see how we can intervene, like psychological assistance, also to see how they, as the department, can give us social workers as to take the Gogos through the process of um, fostering um, these children. So there is something that actually came out of um, this um, engagement of the two days with the commissioner. We are talking uh, to former ANC MPL in the Eastern Cape uh, Legislature, uh, also COISAN activist Christian Martin, about uh, the increase in gender-based violence, uh, brutal crimes in the Nelson Mandela Bay in the PE area. Please do call in and uh, give us your views. I mean, I'm sure th- there's a lot of views who are listening right now, who are in PE, who can give us what has been happening in the ground in your own community, in your own city. The number to dial is 011-714-2006. You can also WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. SMSs go to 41391. Now, Christian, one of the things that 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 uh, I, I'm taking from you is the fact that the community has been very instrumental in ensuring that uh, the perpetrators are apprehended because obviously it's perpetrators from the same community. But one of the concerns then becomes the issue of mob justice because this is also one of the things that the community could be dealing with the perpetrators via. And when it's taken to court, I mean, even the people who are trying to protect the community by going to mob justice could be arrested themselves. You you, you see, um, when it comes to the mob justice side, let me put it this way. On the one side, it is pure frustration from the community towards these things that happens. Then on the other side, I will never speak um, any form of violence good because, as they say, violence begots violence. And um, you understand? So I won't speak any form of violence because the uh, the law must take its course. But I'm just trying to explain um, that in cases where it happens, it's just that um, frustration of uh, feeling that no, it can't be. You know, it's that spur of the moment, but as far as I'm concerned, wherever I go, I would always encourage the community to say, rather let the law take its course, but we should not um, uh, pay violence with violence. Now, with those who have been apprehended, I mean, has the law really taken its full might on them? Because we have heard of cases, especially of gender-based violence, that uh, uh, people who are apprehended are then given bail or the dockets go missing. So in your engagements with the South African Human Rights Commission uh, uh, when he came to the two-day visit, do you feel that um, this was also looked into, the fact that perpetrators are feeling the full might of the law and they're not getting out? Yes, I think that is one of the the challenges that we have as a community and as um, the leaders within the community is where these perpetrators get 
bail. And as we would uh, say it in layman terms, this easy bail that you would get or the that they are guilty. But one of the things that we have learned and that was encouraged by subs is to say that when these perpetrators appear in court, we must be there. You know, we don't need to be the whole community, especially under the regulations of um, COVID, but at least if a few of us is there, keep the distance, wear the, the mask and so forth. And with one big banner, you know, um, that is what I'm busy with now is to create a banner that say no bail for those that kill our women, you know, uh, because that is the challenge that we have at the moment. So the, the others did not get bail because the community was at court to make sure that people feel that that notion of your child is my child do play out in our community. I'd like to hear from you callers. Uh, I mean, uh, perhaps you live in an area that has been uh, ridden with uh, gangsterism and infested with a lot of gender-based violence. Uh, Call in and tell us uh, what your experience has been and also what you and your community are doing to try and deal with the situation. The number to dial in on is 011-714-2006. You can also find us on social media platforms on Twitter at uh, SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFM Talking Point. Your SMSs go to 41 three nine one they're charged at one rand fifty. WhatsApps O six one four one oh four one oh seven. Here, there and everywhere. SAFM one oh five FM in Bulukwane. You see the gentleman that you have there, I think is more of my father's age. Those are the kind of men that you need in our societies. Uh, men that stand up for their communities. And how he articulates his facts. How he, you know, the choice of words. It tells you that if you put this person in the forefront of fighting any kind of a crime in any community, this person will win because this person will have a buy-in of community members so easy this person can easily have a buy-in of even the perpetrators themselves they they, they start uh, turning around you know this is these are these are good and fruitful discussions that we need to hear on daily basis but i can't wait to have my tea over the weekend Everyone is looking forward to having a bit of tea. Uh, We are talking about uh, the scourge of crime and gender-based violence and gangsterism and and, and all this filth and grime that's been happening and reported in the Nelson Mandela Bay. We are talking to Christian Martin, who's Khoisan activist and former ANC MPL in the Eastern Cape Legislature. And I have asked you to please call in and let us know if you live in the area and how you've been affected and how you are working alongside with the other community members to try and bring this to an end. I've got Chris, who's calling from the Eastern Cape. Chris, good morning. Hi, Patricia. Um, I'm, I'm backing to, to process this. I, I actually don't even... I've got three daughters under the age of uh, five, and, I, and I'm, I'm backing to process this. I just... I, it's, it's, um, but anyway, aside from that, um, I, I reckon that the discussion should also be around... Um, getting to the root cause of, of what actually leads to all of this. Yes. Um, because it doesn't matter how you try and package it, you're always going to have this type of issue wherever there's poverty. So the economy and, and job creation needs to be stimulated in those in those areas so that those people can have a bit of a, can think that they might have a bit of a future. Otherwise, you, 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 that, that's the, the sort of birthplace of gangsterism is the minute that you've got that type of poverty and, and lack of vision and, 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 and future for yourself.
when you're a young male or female. And um, we're seeing this stuff firsthand coming through from Port Elizabeth to Humansdorf, where it's now getting worse in Humansdorf than what it is in, in, in Port Elizabeth. Um, but the, the other thing that I wanted to ask there to, to your speaker, uh, Christian, is I have always battled to understand how a community can tolerate that kind of rubbish in their, in their community, in their streets. Everybody knows who those gangsters are. Everybody knows where the drugs are sold. Everybody knows what the guys' names are, who they're related to, who they hang around with, what cars they drive, um, the people that they're trying to influence. Everybody in that community knows. And I cannot understand why they're not... I'm not advocating for mob justice, but it, it shouldn't be tolerated. They should be expelled from the community. I don't, I don't know how much rehabilitation some of those people are even capable of actually getting. Um, to, you know, in the conditions that they're in, at that uh, when they're that far-fetched, um, and, and 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 they just they need to be expelled out of the community. And everybody knows who they are. You don't have to burn his house down, but he must leave. Thank you very much, uh, Chris. And as as a father, I definitely understand how how this is one of the your calls have been placed that are, are holding you, us all as South Africans at ransom. We are parents. We ourselves, as women, men, everyone uh, lives in fear for their lives. But I, I'm glad that you picked up the issue of socioeconomic impact. Let me bring it back to you, Christian. When you guys were having the discussions with uh, Chris Nissan, who's the South African Human Rights Commissioner. Did you talk about the socioeconomic impact that this particular community is facing, hence the ripple effect of crime? Yeah, uh, Patricia, two things on that. The one is I appreciate what Chris has said, but on the socioeconomic side is one thing, murdering women is no excuse for being poor. Because if you're poor, you're supposed to be hungry and you go steal bread and food. You don't go murder a woman because you are hungry and you are poor. You understand? So there's no way that I will try to make excuse for um, murdering a woman. And therefore, because we put yes, but now I must come to the second part. Yes, the socioeconomic circumstances of our people are very dire in this community. If we talk about unemployment and so forth, it's very, very high in uh, the northern areas. And there's always that challenge and thing where you feel is that no, the kids will come nowhere. You see, the biggest challenge, this is not, um, if I may, Patricia, this is not uh, only a police matter. This is a holistic approach, government, community, everybody should be involved. You see, if a person even go as far back as 1948, 1950s, with the Group Area Act, all those type of things where people were just lumped together, Gangsterism started from that because you need to protect yourself against those strange ones who were thrown in. So a thorough research needs to be done on all these things from then to now. So it's not a very simplistic thing um, for people. Let's take Ellenville. Ellenville, I believe, was developed. Um, it's also called Katanga. People will know it by that. Um, but Ellenville was developed, let's say, for 10,000 people. There's more than 40,000 people staying in a two-bedroom house in Ellenville. You know, so you, you ask yourself all these type of things um, that are taking place now. It does have a history um, where it comes from. Socioeconomic circumstances, I promise you, um, it's very, very bad within our area. You know, and it doesn't only stop with um, this thing of the femicide violence. It doesn't stop with gangsterism. If you come in this area, you come and look at the schools, educational structures. 
you'll be amazed. There's one school that when I was um, a, a member of, of the legislature that I fought for, I literally dubbed the school from hell, Acadia Secondary School. You must come see how Acadia Secondary School look like. You'd rather be um, in, in, in some institution than to be in a school like that. No education can take place. So it's very bad staying in this situation, not comparing to any other area. I'm just saying what is happening in this area. So, but, so clearly, uh, Christian, it needs to be a, a, an approach that brings together a lot of departments um, right. uh, from uh, social development where yes. the psychological side um, mm. can be looked at, uh, economic development where, uh, you know, we can see how to reboost economic activities. And mm. then we also need the education department, which will enforce security within schools and ensure learning and teaching. So, and then obviously, and safety needs to come in. It, it's, it's, a, it's a multi-thronged approach so that is required here. And I hope, I really, really hope that um, the commissioner for the South African Human Rights is going to make sure that some of these things are happening. Can I go to some of our listeners? Lawrence is in PE. Good morning, Lawrence. Hi, good morning, Patricia. Good morning. Uh, Yeah, Patricia, I want to um, agree with uh, Chris, the one that spoke before this. Firstly, man, uh, uh, I hear what Christian is saying, you know, and uh, I agree with him too. Like to... Hello? We hear, we can hear you, Lawrence. Yes, yes. Uh, I, like, agree with him, like, to, to a certain extent. For me, like, Patricia, one of the biggest problems that you have in this area of ours is that gangsterism gets started in the family house. Because Christian himself has the same way he say, we've got strict children and obedient parents. Now, these gangsters... They don't come from Mars or from Jupiter or from where. They come from our own families. So for me, bringing in social development, bringing in steps, bringing in whoever, it is not going to help us. I think that it would call for more than that. Because these gangsters, they are being produced in our own families, my dear. You know, And if we are not going to um, see to that, then we'll never be able to get rid of gangsterism. The church itself is supposed to play a much bigger role than, than what it is currently playing because what is happening now, like Patricia, you see these people that we see as gangsters, our people from the community see them as people that put bread on their table. Understand? Because these gangsters, they buy clothes for these children, they pay uh, uh, um, uh, um, school fees for these children, you know? So, the people from the community do not see them as gangsters. They see them as providing for them. So, and that is where, for me, our churches are supposed to come in, to take in that role and to take care of those congregants that do not have. You know, so that is my three cents in this plate that I would like to throw. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Let me move on to Olani, who is in uh, Durban. Olani, good morning. Good morning, How are you? How are you? So I'm, 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 I'm very touched by the subject matter. Mm. Uh, but you see what you put Lawrence has said. I 110% him. Uh, precisely because it is us, I'm only 31 years old. It is us, as soon as we secure good jobs, we leave our communities, we go and stay in the suburbs. What you put Lawrence is saying, a young man or a young boy growing up, be it in a township or a center camp, 
sinza ukuthi umcolisi who's a thug or who's a gangster driving a good BMW. So they, turn, they then tend to idealize those people uh, in such a way that even when these gangsters passes away, these youngsters, our young brothers, they celebrate them. We... Oh, Polani, your line seems to be very bad. Unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, drop your call. <clears throat> I've got some messages here. Uh, okay, I've got some messages here. We can't hear Polani. Uh, his line is really crackling. Hopefully, he'll call back and uh, have a better line. Um, on SMS, this is uh, some of the SMSs that we have. African and black females were more oppressed than African males. Christian Martin cannot be taken seriously as an ANC senior politician, as is collectively uh, capable of destruction of uh, NMB through looting and corruption, which he led to poor economic conditions. This is from Bruce. Another one uh, is saying, morning, uh, Madam Dooley and listeners. Uh, GBV today is more encouraged by our democratic constitution, which protects male criminals. Another one says, hi, Patricia. Well, I am not a fan of voicing my anger in courts since many have abused this right politically. I do support no bail for rapists and murderers. This is from Ste in KZN. The next one says, violence breeds violence. It's a poison that takes a hundred years to expel. The NC should never have started uh, armed resistance. ANC shot themselves in the foot. Those are some of your voice, your messages via SMS. We've got Mzwake who's in Muscle Bay. Morning, Mzwake. Morning, Sissi. We are talking about a very touching issue in the Eastern Cape, Mzwake. Yes, yes, I'm from that side. Mm. I, I want to say something about the northern area. Go ahead. Uh, yes, the northern areas, the gangsters that are there are get supplied by the drug dealers. All the people of the area, they know the drug dealers. They know everything what's happening in their area. The police are doing the patrols. The police are going to the areas, but no one can come forward and say that that house is selling the drugs. And also the flats. The apartheid government, it builds the flesh for the north of the northern area, the communities. There is easy for the child to see what's happening next door. Because the houses are closed, are too close. Are so much closed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mzwake. Let's move on uh, to some of your voice notes. Hi, Patricia. My name is Leo and I'm from Hot Bay, Cape Town. Uh, I'm from a political party. I will not say which party. Uh... What we are doing, I am busy with the case now at the present moment. Uh, you see, those things, uh, gender-based violence, are actually not started as adults, but starting as kids. We are now busy with kids that were fighting over boyfriends, and the one group fighting the other group, and so it goes, and then the mother got involved, the father got involved, and the whole democratic story. And I believe that's where gender-based violence is actually situated, or where it started. And we are now busy resolving this matter. What we do, we brought them all together, and with the police, and we try to get a solution towards us from that side. Uh, because by, if you don't get all parties together, you normally messed up the whole story. 
Morning, Patricia. Morning, morning. You know, these things of drugs is a really serious problems. As that man is saying, they're really... We know the people who are selling drugs. We know them very well. We uh, socialize together. Even the police, they know. The thing is, we, we want to be stand up for the reality because the generations, they are dying. They are dying. People, the kids, they don't want to go to school anymore. I'm staying in a small area here somewhere when you're going to Cape Town side. But you can see how really the kids are suffering for these drugs. And people, they know exactly in the community who's that. Morning, Patricia. Uh, it's Domi here in Kempton Park. Uh, gangsterism, um, I think we need to have a, a deeper understanding of what it offers to young people you know we know it's bad and you know the the worst thing we could do is to dismiss it without understanding without going into deeper understanding on what attracts young people to join gangs <clears throat> now unfortunately society has become a very isolated uh, groups of individuals and gangsterism offers brotherhood into these young people it offers something of belonging and something of identity that we don't that we are not able to offer as a society thank you well uh, i'd like to bring it back to you christian as uh, we we wrap up our conversation around this issue of crime that is increasing i mean you've heard from our callers you've heard from whatsapp uh, voice notes and sms's that we have read out that really this is a big issue across the country yes there's been a spotlight on the nelson mandela bay but across the country it is a huge issue i mean you heard the voice note talking about teenage girls fighting yeah over boyfriends mm. and the mothers are involved. I mean, despicable. Yes. No, no, I think um, the last speaker, the last caller um, got it actually right um, were the others that speaks about the family um, and the importance, as Lawrence have said, a saying that I always have is to say that we have strict children um, with very, uh, what's his name, obedient parents. And that is the greatest challenge that we have. But you see, the family plays a role, but if the family fiber has been broken down, what do you do? You understand? Then people like ourselves in going to the old sayings, your child is my child, comes in. That's why I'm trying to be part of um, the solution of the problem in the Nelson Mandela Bay. So it is really for us a big problem. Um, yes, everybody is right with what they are saying, how they analyze the problem of the gangsters and knowing who is the gangsters. But ma'am, let me tell you, if you've seen doors being trimmed down, people being shot, remember the statistics, 170 just for 2020. Um, I'm talking most of that 170 are innocent youth in the area. Then you talk about 2019 about 180 um, of our youth being killed. Now, really, you want to tell me that I will go and stand and show the people there is the gangster's house and there's that one. No, ma'am. 
I mean, now we need to be responsible um, citizens too. It's like one time when I slept in a coffin to get the minister Becky Taylor down to um, Port Elizabeth, northern areas, because gangsters and my sleeper all week in front of the premier's office in a coffin to get uh, him down. He came down. And when he told uh, myself and others that the community must play a role in this thing as witnesses and come forward, I told the minister that, minister, we are on our way to extension 31 in Port Elizabeth. And if you get shot next to me, I won't be a witness because tomorrow I'll be dead. And he asked why. I said, no, tomorrow I'll be dead. And the other challenge that we have is for people that say that, no, we know, there's this thing called witness protection. Now, I uh, believe Christian, I'll... Christian, unfortunately, I need to go to the news. Uh, it's 11 o'clock already. But um, we applaud the work that you are doing. And I really do hope that uh, together w- with uh, the South African uh, Human Rights Commissioner and all the community members, you will be able to bring uh, this uh, scourge to an Thank end. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us. I'd like to remind you that uh, after the bulletin, we will be going to the SIU um, uh, virtual um, announcement of uh, the Gauteng Province PPE issue. But for now, it's time for the bulletin with Utsile Sako.